With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And all right, welcome back, Hawkeye fans. Um, if I sound out of it, uh, it's because I am. That was a very late night drive back from Ann Arbor, and not a uh, not a memorable one after watching that game. Uh, this is Rob Howe with Hawkeye Nation, and I'm joined by Colin Cole, former Hawkeye and NFL defensive lineman, and we are recording on. Um, Sunday morning, October the 6th, about 11.45 Central Time, um, in the wake of Iowa's 10-3 to loss at Michigan. Um, pretty forgettable game, I think, from a lot of aspects from Iowa, at least from an offensive standpoint. Um, Colin, you saw it. We all saw it. Um, I was obviously in, in person roaming the sidelines. Um, and watching the frustration up close. Um, just uh, before I ask specifics, general thoughts from what you thought, what you saw from uh, Iowa's performance in Ann Arbor on Saturday. Um, well, I will say defensively, we are a very good football team. Um, we stepped up to a lot of challenges in yesterday's game, and a lot of people stepped up and made big-time plays and key situations and shut down a pretty good Michigan offense. So uh, hats off to the defense, especially after being put in a very tough position on the opening drive fumble that uh, Michigan was able to capitalize on for the three points uh, to start the game. And they just kind of kept rising to the occasion. You know, Michigan had their plays. They had leaky yardage here and there. But for the most part, we did very well on defense. Offensively, um, you know, I, I think in every situation, you, you you learn from them and you move on, especially when it comes to football and it comes to a season because that's all you have is the season. You learn from what has happened and you move on. And I think we'll learn from from this past game because if you don't learn from them, you're doomed to repeat them. And teams will, will utilize their opportunities uh, by looking at film and trying to attack you the same way. So... So, yeah, yeah, I think that's that's well said. It's one game, and I know that's hard sometimes for fans to um, compartmentalize that. That it's it's one week. You know, we saw last week. You know, and, and we're not, nobody's foolish enough to say that Middle Tennessee is on the same level as Michigan, or playing Middle Tennessee at home is like going to Michigan uh, and playing in front of one hundred eleven thousand people. We all know that the you know that's a there's just 
a huge chasm between those two scenarios. But, um, you know, it was a bad day. It just was a bad day offensively. I think if anyone would have told us, Colin, listen, Michigan's going to score 10 points in the first quarter, but then your defense will shut them out for the next three quarters at the big house. You would have thought you would have felt pretty good, I think, about the Hawkeyes' chances. But, you know, credit Michigan. Michigan had a defensive game plan, and I'd like for you to speak to that a little bit. I thought, you know, Don Brown got a lot of heat after um, what Wisconsin did to his defense up in Madison last month. I thought he had a heck of a game plan yesterday, Colin. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I it like I said, you, you have to learn from every situation um, uh, as they come to you. So I think that for them, they did a great job of attacking our strengths, um, our strength in the running game, and our strength being our offensive line, which our offensive line has been the strength of our play throughout the the season so far. Uh, they did a great job of really just attacking those two areas and putting constant pressure on us. And I don't think I've ever seen a team blitz to the degree that they blitzed us <laughs> yesterday. Um, but I, I think that he had a game plan and he stuck to it and he was going to live by live by it and die by it. And uh, there are times when you live by something like a blitz and um, – those scenes open up and you're able to exploit them uh, uh, offensively if you're able to protect and pick those things up. But if you're not, then they can really get after you and they can take over the game just like they were able to yesterday. I talked to Tristan Worse after the game, Colin, and I said, "What well, you know, you guys know they're going to blitz. I mean, Michigan is a blitz team. Um, but what did they do to kind of make the blitz work, make it difficult for you to pick up? And he said, you know, they – not only were they coming hard off the edge and then sending somebody, but they were twisting in the middle of that line. They were stunting in the middle of that line, which was, as you said, opened up seams. What did you see that possibly, and obviously you're not there, so you're not involved in, in you know, what's going on on the field, but what did you notice or see from their scheme that allowed the blitz to be that effective? I think that what they did very well is they were able to really show the blitz one way and uh, bring it the other way. Um, <clears throat> just like you said, worth mentioning a lot of blind twists and stuff like that. But uh, uh, the thing that was that was really putting us in predicaments is that the, the, the front five were able to pick up, for the most part, they're down four, and then it was left for the back to have to pick up that, that extra blitzer. Or there were situations when the line slid opposite of where the blitz was coming, leaving a, a free rusher. So I think that uh, between some some just flat-out misses by the group up front uh, in pass protection, not just the front, not, not just the five-down linemen, but uh, running backs involved in protection as well, as well as Stanley needing to get the ball out of his hands, knowing that the blitz was coming. There were there were instances where all three phases, all three levels between the quarterback, the backs, and the offensive line failed. And I think that, that again, when it comes down to it, this is a great opportunity to learn from, from this experience, to really look at film and see where the breaks, breakdown and situations were so that when, when other teams try to attack us this way, which they will, uh, we're, we're more capable of, of picking them up and getting the ball out of our hands into you know, into the receiver's hands. And, I mean, this is the thing about having, having this type of thing happen so so early in the season is that 
you know, receivers get opportunity to see these blitzes, so they they adjust their routes. The offensive line has the opportunity to see where the weaknesses are, so they adjust their their. Much like it has to happen, you know. It's unfortunate that it did happen, but ultimately, I, it's not the end of the world because this was an this was a, a Big Ten East opponent, and um, like it or not, we can still win the West. We can still we still have an opportunity to win the West. So you got to look at this as a learning opportunity and, and move on from it. Yeah, I think that's important and, and a great point, Colin. You can't you can't deny what happened yesterday. It, it happened and. You have to react to it. Um, uh, I'm a baseball fan. I think I've talked about this with you on the podcast. You know, that pitcher, batter dynamic of, okay, you make an adjustment, I make an adjustment. Now Iowa has evidence of what happened, that a team did something, you know, schemed something that made it difficult for Iowa. Now Iowa has an opportunity when somebody does that to them again to counter that and say, okay, you're going to try that. You're going to try what Michigan did, but we have a counter to that. We have, um, you know, a a scheme that's going to be able to hold up better against that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, You have to. to. And, 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 And again, I think that it's important to remember that without seeing some of these exotic blitzes or seeing some of these schemes, you, you, you're not put in a position to have to adjust to them to make those weaknesses that we saw this past Saturday into strengths for the team. I thought Coach Ferentz um, in his post game said something to <laughs> us that was interesting. I'd like to get your your feelings on. And sometimes I think we forget this just as fans um, and media when we're watching something like this, that, you know, he said that, Michigan's ability to blitz and have success with the blitz gave them a chance to play at a higher tempo than Iowa was playing at. And Iowa was kind of on its heels in conjunction with Michigan being able to play at a tempo. As somebody who played defense, you know, can you relate to that? Can you relate to, okay, things are really going well here, and then you start to play. I know it's cliche in football, but you start to play downhill. You start to, you know, impose your will, if you will. Oh, absolutely. There are those games when everything just seems to go right for the defense, when there's a, when a coach can call any call and it just seems like it works for you. Um, in yesterday's situation, if – they were <clears throat> if the blitzing happened early in the game and we were able to pick it up and really make them pay for blitzing us, you know, if we were able to get a couple of nice chunk plays, like 15, 20-yard gains each and every time they blitzed, then they would have had to get out of that blitzing. They would have had to play more coverage. Um, but for the fact that all the blitzes that they brought seemed to get home, seemed to either uh, cause pressure, cause a, a sack, or cause some sort of – negative play for the offense, it just seemed to make more sense to just continue to put the pressure on. And that's the thing. If if you as a defense could play downhill and feel confident as a coordinator to continue to unleash the dogs, then you don't ease up on it whatsoever. And they weren't they weren't doing that. They had us on our heels. And you can see it. We were shell shocked. Stanley was shell shell stopped, shell shocked. The offensive line was shell shocked. Uh the backs were shell shocked. It just came to a situation where everybody just kinda it just it just snowballed on the on the group, and um, it was just it was uh, just heading downhill. Uh, 
but you know that's the times when as you just kind of have to pick yourselves up you got to get lean on what's what uh what you got and you know try to find a way and i i mean let's be honest we, there was still opportunities to win this game down the stretch of that game yeah. we didn't get blown out by michigan we were we shot ourselves in the foot so many times especially on that last drive like five minutes five plus six minutes six minutes left in the in the in the, in the fourth quarter down by seven, we were driving. We were down into inside of Michigan's 30, and we were uh, – let me see, let me think, let me think. We threw the ball deep to Reganey in the end zone. He missed mm-hmm. the – he didn't catch it in the end zone, but then we had a holding call, and then we had another penalty, and then we had another penalty, and then the next thing you know, we are at midfield, and instead of kicking the field goals and be down one score, uh, you know, or, or, or going for a potential t- game-time touchdown, uh, the penalties, which we hadn't had all season – uh, just started coming out of nowhere, and that's how we self-imploded. And I think the pressure of the game got to us. But again, in a in a situation like this, where you play an opponent in their home uh, against the largest crowd of football fans that you will play in America, and to still have an opportunity to win the game down the stretch, I am proud of these guys' effort, and I feel like they will bounce back. We will scheme wise, we'll fix some things, but this group of guys has the opportunity to be a very good group of guys going for going forth in the season. Now, are the playoffs out of the picture? Who knows? There's a lot of things that can happen yet mm-hmm. still throughout the season, but big picture wise, we still have an opportunity to win the West. We just have to find some of those. We have to regain. We got to get back to the running game, obviously, um, you know, only having, coming out with net to what 30 some odd yards for the game um, and having to pick up some of those blitzes that we saw and learn how to really adjust to those. We're, we're going to be in good shape. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the point you make that it wasn't an effort thing yesterday. It wasn't, you know, guys not playing hard. It was mistakes. I mean, and, and to, to build off of that colony are all losses, created equal i mean or do these ones hurt more when you have eight penalties and you turn the ball over four times and you give up eight sacks and you said it you shoot yourself in the foot are those harder to shake than than a game where just hey the other team was just you know they were better that day i would say all losses are not created equal i would say that um a loss like playing against middle tennessee you know when they played us last week and beating up on them the way that we did, that can demoralize a team. That can make a team kind of sink into a shell mm. and really reevaluate who they are and make them doubt themselves in terms of them in terms of a team. The way we lost yesterday in regardless of all the penalties, regardless of the entirety of the way that uh, Michigan just happened to really come out on top in, in a lot of key situations, I just still feel really strong about this group of guys. I mean – Again, Michigan is not a weak team. I mean, yeah, we saw what happened up in Wisconsin, and Wisconsin took advantage of, of, of that team on that day. But, again, I think that the way that we played them going down the stretch and the fact that we still had a chance to win that game fourth quarter, we still had a chance to win to, to tie that game up and put ourselves in a chance in a position to win. The fact that we were still right there uh, leaves me – with a with a with a with a feeling like this team has a lot to offer moving forward in the season, very strong group of guys. 
I agree. I, I think uh, I think we're in agreement there. That's uh, you know, if you just put it in perspective, I think people, um, you know, fans, people that view this. You know, got too hung up on what happened in Michigan at Wisconsin. It was one game, and Wisconsin had Michigan's number that day. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, and just dominated the team. But that, I think it was fool's goal to think that Iowa was going to be able to go into Michigan and be able to, you know, replicate the performance that the Badgers did on that day. It's just, it it would have been too much to ask for, but. As you said, Iowa, from a statistical standpoint, played pretty even. If you look at the numbers, total yards, Michigan had 267, Iowa had 261. Um, Offensive plays, Iowa ran 72 to Michigan's 59. Iowa won the time of possession battle. As you said, and we should note that in in college football, sacks – count as negative rushing yards Iowa had a net rushing yard had one net rushing yard. Michigan had 120 and then you look at the turnovers and the penalties and it was that was the difference yesterday it was um, you know a pretty evenly played game other than Iowa made too many mistakes and Michigan capitalized mm-hmm. and I think sometimes you just have to tip your hat and move on. And, and yep. as you said, I agree with you, Colin. I think this is still a really good football team. The key is, and I think you know this, and you've said this so far, how do you respond? How do you correct what went wrong yesterday moving forward? And can you do that? Yeah, and and I think that we definitely can. You know, and I think, too, um, some of so you when you're in the game, it's obviously, you know, the decisions have to be made and coaches have to coach players have to play and it's all left out on the, out there on the field. Uh, but there are some situations where, you know, I, I question some of the, some of the making, you know, throwing the, throwing the ball up to, to probably one of our shortest receivers twice and, and them coming up with interceptions off of those plays. Mm. You know, I just – I didn't agree with those. You know, just flat out, I didn't agree with those. Putting our offense in a position where we have a two-man route where there's a safety over the top that, that has nothing that's really drawn his eyes away from those two receivers. And, again, throwing it to our shortest receiver, that just didn't make much sense to me. Uh, I think Smith, uh, number 12, is probably – when we threw the ball up to him, he came down with it. That's probably one of our uh, – one of the better decisions to make when it comes to that. But – we just have to to make sure that we, you know, do our best to <laughs> put our put ourselves in our best positions to to make our, have our best players play. We've established early in the season that uh that our wide receiver core is better than it's been in years. And you know, over the last number of years, we had a number of tight ends that have uh, come up, come out, and and been very good players for us and we still have tight ends that are very serviceable and can make plays for us but our receiving core is our strength of our our um our, our skill positions currently <laughs> along with the running back so use utilizing them in a proper way i feel like it, it, we have to go back to the drawing board and make sure that we know we're putting our best players in the right positions to make the best plays to win so yeah i agree um some and I wrote this in my column, and, and the one good thing, not, and there's more than one, but one good thing I will say about Brian Ferentz is he's very um, 
accountable. He, you know, he, when we asked him, we had him during the, we had a press conference with him during the bye week. He talked about, you know, that late game clock management against, um, Rutgers and or not late game excuse me late first half clock management he owned that stuff he said you know that's just that's on me I gotta I've gotta be better and uh I think yesterday and I wrote this um I thought Don Brown out coached Brian when when it comes when it came to mm-hmm. okay offense the, the, I just don't there's no other way and, and hindsight's 2020 I mean I, Brian Ferentz didn't go into that game saying okay I know this game plan is going to stink and we're going to score three points and Michigan's going to dominate us. I mean, he went in, Don Brown went in, and they both were confident in their game plans. But that's the, that's the game, right? Colin, it's football. I mean, you go in and sometimes the other guy has a better day. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's, that was a lot of the case yesterday. But I, I will say that, you know, despite – everything, despite how the situation turned out, despite that, uh, Nate Stanley's first turnovers of the season, again, the team was still in position mm-hmm. to win. Uh, Brian, yep. there, there were some calls that, you know, I think he would love to have had back to, to change, but uh, for the most part, he still had us in position to win or at least tie the game up down the stretch. So I don't full, fully put it all in his hands as to how the game ended up, but um, I do think that there there were some plays, and I'm sure that he would love to have had back to to make some changes. In. And I think um, I agree with you, and I and to build on that, just for listeners, in talking to Amir Smith Marset after the game, he said, "Hey, man, this isn't on Nate Stanley. It's not on the offensive line. It's not on the receivers. It's not on Brian Ferentz. It's on all of us. Not it's not on one of those things, you know." solely it's when the offense breaks down like that and scores three points it's it's a group effort the uh, you know not the group effort you want it's you know he's like we dropped passes um you know Nate didn't have time to throw there were times where he should have thrown it quicker there were times when you know as you said the back should have picked up the blitz but like you said, we just got to kind of chalk this one up to having a bad day and, and learn from it and move on. Um, from a defense, let's talk positive. Let's talk the positive now of, the, of what you saw from what Phil Parker uh, was able to do against a really good group of wide receivers. I think the best, and I'm not going out on a limb here, the best group of wide receivers Iowa has played to this point. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Gave up a deep ball early. Um, you know, the freshman, D.J. Johnson, got beat on a deep ball early, but mm-hmm. it looked like he bounced back well from that, and it looked like the defensive line had a good day. Um, just kind of your thoughts on, on what you saw defensively. You know, it's it's crazy to uh, for me, honestly. I was watching a game with my wife yesterday, and it's crazy to continue to hear the name D.J. Johnson and be out watching that a guy playing cornerback. You know, I played with uh, a DJ Johnson. <laughs> yes. I so just to look up there and see that guy uh, and out there at cornerback. And, you know, it, on that deep ball, I mean, he was in pretty decent yeah. position. You know, the You're guy right. just kind of was a little bit bigger and uh, kind of put his body in a position where, you know, he, he boxed him out. So, I mean, he just made a great play. But overall, I mean, defensively, it was tremendous, tremendous job by everybody. Uh, I think the pressure picked up. Uh, we were able to get after him quite a bit better than we have anybody throughout the season so far, and that was impressive to see. Chauncey and 
AJ definitely stepped up in a lot of places. And but you know they 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 got some yards, uh, especially in the running game, which I wasn't too happy about, too pleased about. But overall, uh, everybody. Uh, the other person I want to bring some attention to was uh, was Stone. <laughs> everywhere he played lights out yesterday. I was very impressed with some of the open field plays he made. The interception was a huge play. And consider this. That interception came after two fumbles. Yep. There was a fumble on their kickoff return, and then there was a fumble on they, – they fumbled the next play on the running play, and then they threw that, and it was an interception. I was like, man, it's like they were trying to give us the ball in that little juncture right there, and then Stone finally picked it up and picked it off for us. But uh, overall, I feel like he played a well of the game and really was everywhere for us and, and did an amazing job. Yeah, I agree. He was lights out yesterday. The one play that stuck stuck out to me was uh, when um, Michigan's freshman running back, Zach Charbonnet, had that. They uh, Patterson pitched it to him, and he had – it looked like he had a lot of room to run, and Stone just mm-hmm. closed that gap and got him I, – I don't think he – I think he stopped him, you know, at the line of scrimmage, I don't think the kid picked up a yard. And I was like, wow, that was like, it looked like he got shot out of a cannon and it was just, how much of, of that column is preparation too going into that? I mean, you have to be athletically good, but it, it looked like he was prepared for that play. It was, and he was. That definitely comes down to preparation, uh, having scouted that team and seen that play before. And I remember seeing that play. He definitely, he came from depth. He came from at least 20 yards off the ball. And to see the, the play kind of matriculate and see how it was kind of turning out with those blockers on the edge on our on our defensive guys and the way he just shot the seam and was able to, to come up with that tackle, just really it, it comes down to trusting what he saw, knowing what he had, had done in film study throughout the week and seeing that play and seeing that formation and seeing and, and, and having confidence in what he saw and trusting his eyes and just uh, just, just making going and making a play. You know, that's what, that's what all the film study is for, you know, knowing something, seeing a tendency and knowing that, hey, this is what I've seen, so I should have confidence in going ahead and, and attacking. That's what he did. A couple breakdowns, I think, as you talked about in the running game, came against Shea Patterson. Not a whole lot of RPO yesterday. Most of his yards came when the plays broke down and he kind of got, you know, Iowa lost some containment there, but it's it, – there were a few times there where it just it didn't it it seemed like Iowa did the right thing, but the kid just, you know the, the kid's got is a pretty good athlete and he kind of made some plays. Is that what you saw? Yeah, definitely. He's uh, he's just one of those guys who has the ability to get out on the edge and make plays with his legs, you know. But uh, when when we needed to step up, you know, the kind of when they had a chance to ice the game on us and they they called the the cold run. By the quarterback, kind of, they tried to run a little sweep off the right side, and we shut that down. So uh, he definitely had some scrambling yards, and they tried to run him a little bit for for the most part. I think that we did a great job against him, and kind of taking him away from the game and making him a non-factor. And you mentioned it, uh, you know, a couple minutes ago, um, Chauncey Golston, um, kid from Detroit up the road from where he was playing yesterday. A lot of friends and family. Michigan didn't give him a sniff. Um, He um, was, you know, led the team with eight tackles, had a sack, a couple tackles for loss. I thought that was his best game of the season. It kind of looked like it was, um, 
kind of a coming out party for him a little bit. He looked, uh, he looked really good. And, and probably some of that is the attention that's played to AJ, um, who also had a sack yesterday. Um, I thought the defensive ends kind of had their best game of the year. What do you, what did you, what do you think there? Oh, I agree with you. I think that uh, when he did come off the ball, he definitely made a lot of plays. I think there was still some times where he hesitated, but when he def when he when he came across the ball and and got into the offensive lineman, he did a great job. As did AJ, like you mentioned, having that sack on his end as well. The defense as a whole just really played at a high level yesterday. Yeah, and took the receivers away. I thought. I think Ojimo, Michael Ojemudia seems to be having a. He looks like a guy having a, a good – playing his best football as a senior. And Coach Ferentz likes to say that we need our seniors to play their best football. And, and Michael Ojemudia seems to be doing that. He uh, seems to be in the right place at the right time. Uh-huh. I agree with you. You know, and, and that's the best part. He's definitely on track of having an all-conference season. And I think he'll get there, especially as long as he continues to play at the level that he is. Our secondary is playing very well as a whole. And I feel like this, as, as they continue to grow, it will have continued success. But I do know that Penn State is going to be a very difficult opponent. There's no doubt in my mind about it. And they're going to probably be our toughest test, our secondary toughest test for sure. I think it's you, – you make a good point, and we'll, we'll move, to, move on to that now. You've got Penn State, a team that also likes to blitz and also is very strong in the front seven. It gives Iowa, as you were talking about earlier, Colin, it gives Iowa a chance this week. They got, they, you know, Iowa's got to fix what happened, you know, in Ann Arbor quickly. I mean, they've got to get on it this week because this is, this is the, you know, a defense that will, will cause problems. Very athletic, very quick, um, you know, Really good defensive ends. This is an, an opportunity for Iowa under the lights, Saturday night, ABC, national televised game to to show that it it uh, it can respond. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then they got to come to us. So it's going to make it that much more of a difficult challenge for them. So we got a chance to, to come out and really take away their strength and, and uh, get, get the win. So looking forward to it. I think that the, ultimately, though, I think that their strengths in their passing game that they've shown against some of the opponents that they played this season, you know, are, are going to play to some of the strengths that we have. So it's going to be an exciting game. Yeah, Penn State, I, Iowa certainly has played better competition than Penn State. I know Penn State will probably come in here somewhere around, you know, ranked somewhere around that top 10. And this is a, a, just an excellent opportunity for Iowa to bounce back and uh, um, get things going. Uh, on the right track. Because if you look at this, Colin, um, Michigan needed – I'm not saying Michigan um, wanted the game more yesterday. I think Iowa certainly wanted that game. But Michigan needed that game more than Iowa yesterday because Iowa could still control its own destiny by winning this thing and, and winning uh, at Wisconsin later in the season. Wisconsin still has to go to Ohio State. Um, you know, and Iowa – has this game next week, but then manageable games against Purdue and Northwestern the two weeks after that before facing Wisconsin. So all is not lost, Hawkeye fans. And, uh, you know, it's – I would not get down on this team. I'm with you, Colin. I think this is a team that still has has big things ahead of it if it can can fix what what went wrong yesterday. And and by all accounts and by talking to these guys and this coaching staff, I feel like – I feel like they'll do that. 
Yeah, you know, and again, we win this game. We went against Wisconsin and win the rest of the games this year. Uh, the West is ours. So, and then we're in the play. We're in, we're in the uh, Big Ten Championship. So, the, the season's not lost by long shots. There's a lot of opportunity to win this season. Finish the season very well. So, I'm excited about where we are. I think that having yesterday, and, you know, when you ask the question about if there's ever any good losses or bad losses, and categorizing that, this could be one of those things where it's a good thing. You know, if I look back to my 2002 senior season, having lost to Iowa State sucked, but mm-hmm. it turned out to be a good thing because we ran the rest of the table. We found out, found out a lot about ourselves after having gone through that. So that's, that's what I'm looking forward to is the opportunity to, to just be stronger than where we've been. And, you know, again, again, I think that this will be a great opportunity to, to just, you know, just, just really take our loss and learn from it. Yeah, I agree. That's a great point about 2002. And then two years after that, when Iowa won the Big Ten Championship again, lost at Arizona State, got lost a tough game at Michigan, really close game at Michigan, but then went on to run the table uh, and win a Big Ten title. So hang in there with these guys. I still think this is a good football team um, with, with great opportunities ahead of it. Are you coming up for Penn State? That's the plan, but I'll be there. All right. So I will, uh, I will see you on the sideline Saturday. Um, what time are you, are you coming up uh, Coming up Friday or are you coming up Saturday with it being a night game? Probably Friday, but okay. we'll talk about it. We'll okay. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll get together and uh, um, see each other. We haven't seen each other in a while, so that'll be cool. Um, yes, sir, we will. But, yeah, I think we've, yeah. I think we've, we've uh, gone over this and reviewed this. As much as we can, so um, we'll wrap this one up. We'll wrap this edition of the Cole and Howe podcast up for another week, and we'll come back next week after the bounce-back win against Penn State, and uh, we'll break that down. How's that sound? Sounds good, my man. I'll talk to you next week. All right, Colin. Thank you, and thanks to the listeners, and hope you hopefully you enjoyed it, and uh, have a great week, everybody.